0: In this text tonight, we we read of the call that was given by Martha to her sister Mary. They had just suffered the bereavement four days earlier of their brother Lazarus, a dear friend of the Lord Jesus Christ, as was Martha, as was Mary. And they had mourned, They, they had missed the company of the Lord Jesus in their mourning. And they were surrounded by friends and neighbors and family. And uh, there was a great lamentation in Bethany at that time over the death of Lazarus. When the Lord Jesus arrived and it was his purpose to come at his own appointed time. and I just want to remind all of you tonight. He's never late. God is never late. No matter how trying your circumstances are. God is never late. He's just right on time. And the Lord Jesus was just right on time. They asked him, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother wouldn't have died. But Lazarus' death was for the glory of God. And they were going to see the glory of God manifested even in that little village at that time. And when he arrived in the village, eh, it caused a great stir in the heart of Martha. Uh, And Martha was never one to sit around for news to come to her. She went immediately to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And with her usual enthusiasm and with her usual zeal she went to meet the Savior. And after that brief conversation that she had with him she was sent back again to Mary. Because the Lord Jesus wanted to comfort not only Martha but he wanted to comfort Mary as well. And he sent her back with this amazing uh, message so Martha went to Mary in the home. She's surrounded with all of these people. And they're weeping and they're crying. Uh, and they're mourning and grieving together over Lazarus. And she said to her sister. And it's put very uh, definitely here. She said secretly to her sister. The master has come. And he calls for thee. What a message Martha brought to Mary from the Lord Jesus Christ. Here was the call of God to her soul and to her life. In the midst of her circumstances, Christ had a word for her. And I've been thinking of these verses over uh, the past few weeks. Our nation has been, as it were, in national mourning. We have been a a nation that has been uh, put into mourning by the death of our beloved late Queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. And in all of that mourning, I cannot believe for one moment that God has not been speaking to hearts and lives and addressing himself to those that are grieving and addressing himself to those that are mourning. For someone that they never met before, but for someone whom they highly esteemed and that God has been calling secretly to their hearts and to their lives. I can think of this as none other than the call of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to hearts and lives. And uh, we want just to stop tonight and look at this call that Martha gave to Mary under that image. Because that's how the gospel comes to hearts and to lives. Even in the most unusual of circumstances, God can send a message to a home that's grieving as as well as to a home that's in merriment and that that is rejoicing here is the Lord's message to us tonight the master has come and he calleth for thee I want you to notice that this is an important call and how do I know it's important because it was from Christ it wasn't just from anybody else in the village it wasn't from some family friend or member it was from Christ And it was Christ that Mary and Martha waited for. They had longed for him to come. They had sent the message to Christ previous to this. That he whom thou lovest is sick. And so they were waiting for Christ to come. And when Christ came and he told Mary by Martha. I'm calling for you. I have a word for you. That stirred the heart of Mary to her very soul. All her other comforters as it were, were set to the side. Not that they were unimportant, but the most important one now had come. And we read in verse 19, of course, that you had many in the home. Many came to comfort Mary and Martha concerning their brother. But the many that were there, as it were, just peeled into the background when Jesus came. And has that not been the way with all of us? We've been in meetings We've been in circumstances. We've been with others. And in the midst of all of the circumstances. Unusual though they may have been at times. The master has come. And we've heard him speak to us. There is no more important call than the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. The most important call that you'll ever hear is the call of Christ to repentance. Now people don't like to be told to leave their sin. But the most important message that sinners need to hear is that message of repentance. When the Lord Jesus started his public ministry, that was the message that he came with. We read in Matthew 4 and verse 17, we read that Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Repentance has been described as a 180 degrees turnabout. You're walking down one way and you turn about and you immediately turn and come the other way. That's repentance, repenting of your sin. We thought of Job this morning, eschewing evil or shunning evil. And that's what repentance is. It is shunning evil. It is eschewing evil, turning from it and seeking with full heart and gospel endeavor to obey the word of the living God. Repentance. And there's an important call comes to your heart, young person, tonight, an older person. It's the word of the Lord Jesus. It's time you had repented of your sin. We see a land of ours and they indulge in sin, and they make laws of sin, and they put sin in, in, in brazen headlights. But God calls us individually and collectively to repent of sin. That's the most important message that you're ever going to hear. It's a message, this most important message, it centres upon the crosswork of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the call of, of Christ Repent of your sin. We, we thought today where pride ought to be led. Where should we lay pride? As we thought of that this morning with the boys and girls, pride should be led at the foot of the cross. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast. What, what What have you and I to be proud about? We can't get to heaven on our own. There's nothing good within us to commend our way to God. All pride is put at the foot of the cross. In John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 14, we read that, Uh, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's the lifting up of Jesus on the cross. The death of the Lamb of God on the middle tree that brought salvation. That brought salvation to those so undeserving of it but so needy of it. And it's that call of God in the gospel that delivers the gift of salvation. Because it is this wonderful message of salvation. Paul many years later in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. He was able to write about it. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. That this preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Oh it was foolishness and it is foolishness today. People today want to hear about philosophy. Uh, They want to hear about environmental issues. They want to hear about politics. They want to hear about social ethics and and, and social engineering. They want all of that, but they don't want the preaching of the cross. But as we sang in that lovely hymn earlier on, it's at the cross, at the cross where we first see the light. Have you been to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you heard that message? The best sermon you'll ever hear is the sermon that the Spirit of God will bless to your heart and bring you for cleansing to that fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's faints where sinners plunge beneath its flood lose all their guilty stains. This is the call of God. Don't you underestimate it. Don't underestimate it. This is the most important call you'll ever hear. The master has come and he calleth for you. What an important call is the gospel. Secondly, notice with me, it's an indirect call. When the call came to Mary... It came by her sister Martha. We ought never to despise the channel that God uses to bring the message. Because Martha brought it it in no way belittled the message that you had to bring. We read in uh, verse eleven, John eleven and verse five about Martha. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Isn't that a lovely description? Oftentimes Martha gets a bad press because remember in Luke's gospel it tells us she was cumbered about with much serving. She was always busy, always active. She couldn't sit down. She always had to be doing something and Mary was the one that sat at the feet of Jesus. But the Bible tells me that Jesus loved Martha. And those that he loves he wants them to go with the message. And dear Christian, tonight he loves you. But he wants to use you. And he's put a message into your hand to take out this week to those that you'll meet. And you'll meet many unsaved people this week. And take that call of the gospel with you. That wonderful call of Christ to repent. To come to the cross and to receive salvation. Martha came. Martha was one of the first heralds. And she came, she was loved by Christ, she believed the very message of Christ. Uh, What what a a word the Lord put to uh, Martha. Jesus uh, said unto her, thy brother shall rise again, verse 23. And he said to her, "Believest believest thou this? He was dead, he was stinking in the grave, his body had already started that process of decomposition it was a big ask wasn't it the house was full of mourners the week was ongoing there didn't look much like a resurrection possible that day and Jesus said to Martha do you believe it and Martha said I believe it I believe it she was one that was loved she was one that believed what Jesus had told her who better to go to her sister Mary with the message? Often times when something goes wrong, uh, the minister is sent for it. No true gospel minister will ever mind that. They are mandated to go and take the message. They are ambassadors. But every Christian who is loved by Christ, every Christian who believes in the word of Christ, you have a message to share You have a message to share and it doesn't matter where you are this week. You have a message to give out. Give out that message this week. Share it with all that you come into contact with and pray that God will open up the doorway for you. When the gospel call comes, it usually comes through a preacher. You turn over with me please just for a moment to 2nd uh, Corinthians chapter five. <clears> 2 <throat> Corinthians chapter five. Verse <clears throat> twenty twenty one. We read here about the representatives of Christ. They are ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors for Christ. And Paul says, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God. An ambassador is someone who is mandated by their country to go and represent the government, whoever it is. All of the ambassadors, who, whoever came to the United Kingdom, they always had to go to Buckingham Palace and they had to be received by the, the Queen. And that will be now King Charles Third to ensure that they were known that they had a message from their government from their monarch from from their governance from their land that they'd come from and now Paul said we're ambassadors and he said we pray you as though God did beseech you by us be reconciled to God it's indirect isn't it but it's nonetheless important Paul could say, it's as if Christ is standing, remonstrating with you, pleading with you. As if Christ is talking to you tonight. Be you reconciled to God. Forget about the preacher. uh, And forget about where you are. And forget about who you're with. And just you take this tonight as just to be a word from God to your heart and to your life. God speaking to your heart. God speaking to your life. It's as though Christ is remonstrating with your life. He said, be you reconciled to God. The Lord can use many circumstances to speak to individuals. We know God speaks through death. You know, people don't listen to an open graveside. They're not likely to listen to anything. I've been at open gravesites. I've been at the most... A tragic of deaths. I've preached my heart out at those open gravesides. And I've wept. And I've saw people leave the graveside laughing. Laughing. It meant nothing to them. And I don't know where they are tonight in eternity. If you will not listen to God at the portals of eternity you will not listen full stop oh don't close your ears the master is come do you know what that means he's here he's literally here he's literally present I love all those promises that Jesus gave and they said where the twos and the threes are met together in my name there am I in the midst it's not that he will come Martha said he has come he's here Mary he's here And we can say the same tonight. Jesus is here. He's speaking to you. Thirdly, notice with me the inward nature of the call. We believe in the outward preaching of the the gospel of Christ. There is that outward preaching of the message. And of course, that applies to all. But we also believe that that message is inwardly, secretly applied Uh, to sinners hearts and lives those that will believe Martha came and she called her sister Mary secretly I don't know how she did that did she whisper it in her ear did she call her aside Uh, however it was done those who were in the meeting uh, in the house that day they didn't hear what uh, Martha said to Mary because when Mary got up they wondered where she was going and they followed her out again The word was effectually applied to her soul. And I do thank God for the effectual application of the gospel to the hearts and lives of men and women. If there wasn't that inward call, none of us would believe. None of us would believe. You turn over just a little minute or two to Acts chapter 22. Here we have again the testimony of Paul, and what a testimony he had and he's recounting it again he loved to tell people how he came to the Lord and in Acts 22 and 9 we read when he heard the voice of the Lord Jesus speak to him we read in Acts 22 and 9 they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me they knew something supernatural was taking place They knew something had happened in the life of Saul of Tarsus. They saw the light, but they didn't hear the voice of him that spake to Saul. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And in many such meetings as this, the Spirit of God comes. And some person will hear a sermon and others will not hear a word of that sermon, though they're in the same meeting. The inward effectual uh, call of the gospel comes at death. It comes in the early morning. It comes in the late evening. It can come in the midday. It's a solemn transaction between Christ and the sinner. God calls. And even as you sit in the service, God's calling. Others might not hear what you're hearing. But you're hearing God's call to your heart and to your life. God's calling and listening. I remember as a young boy, I, I have often thought about it. When I drive through Castle Wellen, it puts my mind back to it many, many times. Many years ago, the Reverend Fred Buick had a tent mission just in the hill as you go out of Castle Wellen. Many souls were dealt with in that mission. I remember, I must have been in my late primary age going along to that meeting and it was as if no one else was in that tent other than myself and I asked at the end of the meeting if, if God had spoken to anyone would they come forward but I didn't I thought I was too young I was afraid what others would think and I didn't come but that calls went on in my heart I wanted someone to say to me that night, would you like to go and speak to the minister? But nobody did because they thought I was just a young fellow and nothing would take place in my heart or in my life. Listen, listen, older Christian, listen to what God is saying. Watch out for the young people. Look at the dealings of God with them sensitive to their needs. Because God calls inwardly young as well as old. I think of young Samuel. He heard the call of God. They reckon when he was just something eight, nine years of age. God called him. I thank God he's still calling young people today. I want you to notice fourthly that this was an insistent call. He calleth. Great emphasis is placed upon it. And he called her by name. Mary, the master has come and he calls for you. He calls for you. I think of all of those times when the the names of people are mentioned in the call of God. Think of all of those men that were called in John 1. They were all mentioned by name. We mentioned Saul of Tarsus. The, the double emphasis there. Saul, Saul. He knew him by name. The master calleth. In Acts 26:14, Another testimony of Saul. We read that Saul heard him speak to him. In his own mother Hebrew tongue. You know God can speak to us in our own language. and how we understand and what we understand. God speaks to us. He calls. There's an insistence in it. The Lord doesn't give up. Isn't it wonderful to know that the Lord doesn't give up? Those of you who have unsaved loved ones and you've been praying for them, don't you give up because the Lord hasn't given up. He still calls. John's Gospel, chapter 10. One of my favourite chapters in, in Holy Writ, all about the good shepherd and the sheep. And I always take great encouragement Uh, when when I read verses like verse 3. To him the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and he leadeth them out. The good shepherd comes and he calls the sheep by their name and he leads them out. May your name be mentioned tonight. May you hear his call. Could we will conclude just with one simple thought? How individual is this call? Mary was sitting in a house full of people. They were all mourning for Lazarus, but Jesus didn't call for them, He called for her. Mary, the Master comes and He's calling for you. And I believe what an encouragement that must have been to Mary he cares for me he cares for me he speak, he's spoken personally to me he cares for me and individually the lord still speaks he might have ignored the gospel for years but he's speaking tonight and he's inviting you to come for him to come to him and the call was enough to Mary from the crowds that were there she had to leave them she had to go to him and you will have to leave where you are and you will have to go to him you will have to leave whatever people are hindering you you will have to leave whatever sin is keeping you back you will have to leave whatever company that has such a hold on your life at this time you'll have to leave it all to go to him that's how individual this call is I'm glad you don't have to dress up to come I'm glad you don't have to pretend you're something else to come. I'm glad you don't have to work up to a certain degree of righteousness to come. He came to call sinners, not the righteous, to repentance. He calls for you. Charlotte Elliot, who wrote, of course, that great invitation hymn, for many years she couldn't understand the truth that the Lord was calling for her just as she was. And she, she worked at cleaning up her life. Trying to make herself as, as it were more presentable to the Lord. Before she answered the call. But God taught her. She was just to come as she was. And he's calling for you tonight. And he wants you to come just as you are. Just as you are tonight in this Sabbath evening service. He wants you to come to him just as you are. Mary responded to that call that was issued to her. her. In verse 29. We read as soon as she heard that she arose quickly. And came unto him. Jesus wants a response from you tonight. He wants you to respond quickly. You've hesitated for too long. He wants you to come quickly. He wants you to come tonight. He wants you to come just as you are with all of your sin, with all of your baggage, with all of your burdens, with all of your worries. He wants you just to come to him. And if you come to him, he will not cast you out. Mary came. Oh, what, what a miracle did she see at the graveside of her brother Lazarus. And I want to tell you, if you come to the Lord Jesus tonight, there's many miracles up ahead walking with him, sharing the journey with him. And we're glad that that's only the half of it because the half has not yet been told that said the golden shore. What is laid led up for us in glory to come? What power are we going to see in glory to come as we see the hand of God made bare? He's come. The master has come. I believe it with all my heart. The master has come tonight. And he's calling for